tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It can cause a crisis because you're like, I wanted to figure this part out by now as right, is. Right. And now I got to start all over again. Yeah. And that can bring a heaviness to it. Mm. And it can create an expectation where dating no longer becomes easy, or easy and yeah. exciting. Yeah, the thrill. The thrill is important. And the misconception of women having to know and have the man and the babies by 29, 30, 31. And we're all feeling like we're running out of time. And but men have eternity. They have eternity. They can make babies, produce babies forever. We're over here like, should we freeze the eggs? Not necessarily we do this? healthy babies. Yeah, that's true. Because this is the first time in a long time I've been single, and I get to be single at this time in my life, with as much as I know, I'm very grateful, and I'm thriving, and I'm enjoying it. So, it's going to be really hard for someone to come in and disrupt that. According to the PEW Research Center, around 25% of people will be unpartnered by the age of 50. And that number increases as we get into the 50 plus era. And what this is telling us is that we are now in a brand new culture of dating where no longer are we rushing to I do. Many people are delaying marriage and some people deprioritizing it altogether. And this has created a new culture in the dating market. And as a result of that, many of us have to find new meaning out of meeting and connecting with brand new people. Can you still benefit from dating even if none of the dates go anywhere? Kima is here to share her perspective on this during this episode of Lovers and Friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend. I say, Lovers and Friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I say, Welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, dating. And this episode is about daring to date without pressure as you enter into your 30s. Now, this is a topic that we covered a little bit with Cammie Crawford. A single as being a part of it. It's not your story, though. Yeah. So. Not anymore. <laughs> apparently. As of when, though? Like two weeks ago. It's recent. Did he ask or is it like implied? No, he, he asked, but he didn't ask in the will you be my girlfriend sense. I am too grown for a boyfriend. I'm looking for a husband. I want a husband. I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need another boyfriend. And I don't need to be anybody's girlfriend. I'm a wife. Give me my ring. I just want to go straight from Raya to wedding. But many of you requested that we do the topic again, but this time with somebody who is single since at the time Cammie had just started a brand new relationship. So that is what you are about to hear. But before we get into that, we're going to go on a five minute detour because after I booked Kima, our starring guest on this episode, Lovers and Friends, I learned that we had something very intimate in common. I don't remember how I f saw you on Instagram, but something you popped up somehow. And I was like, oh my God, there's my dream body. You know what I mean? You know how like <laughs> we all have our idea of like our dream house, our dream car. I actually mm -hmm. never see my dream car yet. Okay. I, like, I don't, people ask me, I don't even know what it looks like. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, but I'm like, I saw my dream body. I'm like, she's Aww, strong. Thank you. She's thank sensual. You. I feel like you get the... Like, it looks like I would not fuck with her, but oh my God, I would love to fuck her. Yeah. Sorry for the vague, the lewdness of that. I love that. But I'm like, this is it. And so 
when I saw you and then I was like, oh, it's January is coming up around that time. I'm like, New Year's resolution for me. I just had my second baby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never had an ass my entire life. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'd like that. Yeah. I think that's, I'd like that for me. I want to call that into my life. There's and I was like, I would love to do an episode starting the year off that just talks about body. Yeah. And I was like, can Kima tell I would me love to. one exercise that's going to give me an ass that takes two minutes every day? And go. Two minutes? Right. So this was my thought. Okay, I was like, yeah. this episode's going to be like about this. Uh-huh. And so we reached out to you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'd love to. And I'm yeah. like, amazing. Yeah. And so then I go to Jared. I was like, Jared, this incredibly hot woman is going to come on here <laughs> to be on the podcast. And I showed him a picture. And he was like, Shan, I know her. <laughs> yes, my guest dated my husband. We're going to get back to that in a second. But first, as you can tell, this episode is not about how to get the perfect ass in two minutes because Kima had something else that she wanted to share and talk about. And speaking of something else we want to talk about, before we get back to that, can I talk to you about our first of three sponsors during this episode, Babbel. Crazy, let's do Babbel. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thanks, Babel. And now back to the fact that the guest in this episode dated my husband. And when I think about it, Kima might actually have been involved in Jared and I's soft launch into consensual non-monogamy. So within the very first few months of Jared and I hooking up non-committally, I went to Toronto for a month or so, and he and I were talking on the phone just casually, and he was in a car. And I was like, oh, where are you going? And he's like, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going on a date with somebody else right now. And when that didn't become a thing between us, that naturally opened up a space for both of us to share our interesting dating experiences with each other. And that is how I found out what happened that night between Jared and Kima. Jared went on a date with you and had to go to like a check-in stop to get an advance on his paycheck in order to pay for the date with you. Mm -hmm. And his perception of you was like, I have to take her to a certain kind of place because of who she is Mm -hmm. that was outside of his means. And so I always tell that story because I think it's the funniest thing. Because you ended up ordering the lobster (laughs) pizza at the state and it was like crushed him. Because he was like, now I won't eat groceries. this is so well. (laughs) Hey, but it's like, I guess this is special because... I guess I'm the only one that's connected in that way that you'll have on the show, right? Well, probably not. He's from L.A. Oh, okay. So he so. knows a lot of people. But, oh, so he's dated other people on your show? Not on my, not that I know of, oh, but okay. maybe. I'm sure there's like, I see people in different, there's always somebody that's so he's funny. dated. I, I didn't even think about it that first time we were supposed to have the podcast. And then um, we started talking about it uh, like a few weeks ago. And I was like, wait. I was like. Her her husband or her boyfriend or I didn't know what the stature was yet. And I was like, wait, I think that 
we might have like made out once or something. <laughs> that's amazing. And I was like, wow, this is so funny. So that's when I started watching your shows. And you were like, you, you're just such a like a free spirit, like very open. I'm like, I just had a question with the monogamy, polygamy. And is there, sir, is there another title that you and in your relationship that you go by? And what is the dynamic of that? I'm, I'm so curious. Yes. Okay. Well, first, polygamy is when you have multiple wives. It's like a specific definition. It's actually illegal in America. Okay. So you mostly have to be for married. tax reasons. Um, okay. Because then you could have multiple dependents. Right. They don't like that. that makes so, sense. yeah. Polyamory is many loves. So, somebody who's polyamorous has multiple loving relationships. Okay. Consensual non-monogamy is like the umbrella term to say anybody who's not saying one person for now. Mm. I say for now because traditional monogamy was one person for life, mm. which is usually what our parents and grandparents subscribe to. Gotcha. Where because we're the age of let it go if it's not serving you, we're now one person at a time. Mm. So if you're not one person at a time and you're like, I can experience a deep love with one person and maybe an attraction to another or a sexual relationship with another or maybe another love with another, mm. whatever it is that's underneath consensual yeah. non-monogamy. Okay. So Jared and I's relationship, we refer to as free because our relationship structure changes a lot. Mm. So we, you guys are changing too, right? Or no? Yes, yeah. exactly. But a big part of that is, is that a lot of people get into relationships like um, and the foundation for that is the structure of the commitment. Mm. So you and me are together and us being together means that we don't see other people. Right. And so if we're going to see other people, we shouldn't be together because that's what our commitment is based right, on. Right, right, Jared and my commitment was never based on romantic exclusivity. Mm. Our commitment was based on shared interest, shared values, mm, and wow. uh, shared partnership. Right. And so from the very beginning, it was like that. Mm -hmm. Like I started out not sure where my life was going to be and same with him. And so exclusivity didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so as our relationship deepened, um, we didn't think that like changing the way that we formed our bond made sense. Right. So right. meaning like. That was if, the foundation. Yeah. The foundation mm -hmm. was freeness and openness. Yeah. And it was never like only if it's just us. Yeah. So I well, think that was a good match. Yeah, it was that's a great was. match. Yeah. And then it, I think as time has gone on. So that to be said, I think free makes more sense because right now we are very monogamous, but just by circumstances. Right, right. Because like, right now nothing has proposed itself. No, nothing has proposed itself. Okay. Gotcha. And our opportunities to look are so limited because okay. of our lifestyle. Okay. But you might ask me this in six months. Yeah. I might say we're now polyamorous. But what, so how, so... How, is, is it a is it a everyone's involved thing? Is it how, if, if another girl introduces herself? Is it a threesome? Like, what is it? Does he do what he wants with someone else and just lets you know? Do you have to know? Do you guys always involve each other? Is this this communication thing? Is there boundaries within the threesomes? Like, for me, means like I'm comfortable to experiment with commitment structures, mm -hmm. and he is comfortable to an extent, and mm -hmm. so we'll sort of see where it goes as new information comes up. So you haven't had those interactions with an outside together? Yeah, when we had them, it was in the beginning. Okay, okay. Like when we first started dating, like mm -hmm. I was dating multiple people, so was he dating multiple people. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we moved in together, I was still seeing somebody else. And so we had to start introducing 
that concept to other people. Yeah. Like I might be going on a date, but I live with my romantic partner. Right, right. So that that language was necessary at the time. But then as things like we started getting having kids and shit. Yeah. So those situations <laughs> haven't come up. But yeah. I know for me, like I think I've just never really been a monogamous person. Okay, okay. And not that in a negative way. I just think I've always and I didn't understand it before, but I would be really in love with somebody and still have feelings for other people. Right, right, right. And I'm, or interests. Yes. Intrigues, yeah. And some people are like, when I'm with somebody, I don't even notice They don't people. see, that's true. It's so true. It just depends. And if you're naturally like that, yeah. I'm like, lean into monogamy. Yeah. I always say that too, because I think when this new conversation is coming up, people mm. think that everybody's non-monogamous. Yeah. Whereas I'm a non-monogamous person, so I would assume my audience is probably more, more likely to right. do that. But I have a quiz, which is like taken by half a million people. And 70% of people who took this quiz were monogamous. Oh, wow. And there was 10 different options. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's it's on cool commitment structures. Mm -hmm. So there's 10 different options of what you could be. Mm -hmm. And 70% were still monogamous. Mm. So I say that to encourage anybody wow. who is starting to lose faith in monogamy. Mm -hmm. Like it's becoming extinct. It's not. That's I think that, yeah, that the big thing for me is like encouraging people to move towards love Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like a sacrifice on the other side. Right. Like I got the relationship, but I had to lose my self-respect in yeah. return. I highly encourage people to stick with what they know is true to themselves. Yeah. Because it's just never going to feel good when you have to give up on a big piece of what you know brings you peace. Okay. I thought that was a fun share and hopefully you thought so too. And if you didn't have fun, I think you will with this next part. So Hema's going to open up about what it's like being single, about to turn 30, and feeling more confident than ever in her skin. And if you don't know, Hema is a fitness professional, a model, and a social media sensation with over 3 million Instagram followers alone. She's a former basketball player who now runs her own online coaching business called Workouts by Kima. And we have a 30-minute plus conversation with this beauty right after I tell you about our second sponsor of three of the episode, HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their new fresh and fit summer menu to their insanely quick meals, like our fave, the Muff 50. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much we talk about what we're going to talk about. People are always like, what the fuck are you going to say? Yeah, we I'm start? like, what were we, which one did we choose? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've been going on a lot of double dates. Expand on that for me. Yeah. So I just turned um, 29. And during that time, I uh, got out of a two and a half year relationship and I had gone out for my birthday and I had what you would call an ego death where I kind of just let go of an old self and an old way of thinking. And I had this rebirth. So I did Molly on my birthday. First time. I thought you were going to say ayahuasca for <laughs> sure. Oh, no, I've, I've definitely asked about that, but I heard that's a whole nother level. But I tried this out. I'm hearing all these great stories. All these different things are happening to people. So I'm like, okay, let me try it out. Um, I, we ended up doing a dinner and we went out to the club. My mom came. It was like the night before. So that midnight, you know, when you turn, uh, the clocks change. And it was the most incredible experience of my life. I felt like I was living or floating outside my body. And the way that I was able to feel and connect to things was on such a different level. And the way that I saw things was so different. And the, amount, the level of joy that I was able to hit and the extents of that intensity of just joy and happiness and just solitude, it changed me. So ever since that day, I, I just kept developing new habits and new ways of thinking and new perspectives. So we broke up. Because of that experience? No, no, no. We broke up because 
I think we were just going in two different directions. Um, the introduction to the relationship wasn't, you know, we were just having sex. It was kind of like a night thing, you know. And then we developed the feelings, and so we tried to make it work. And this was the first relationship where I initiated it. I reached out to him, and so I wanted to try something new this time around to see if I can get a different experience. And I also learned the value of time, and time is of essence. So I stopped waiting for men to come to me because I felt like if I want something, I need to go get it. And I'm going to miss out on opportunities in life if I keep waiting, especially a man, to do something the way I want them to do it. So... We initiate, I initiated it. It was fun. It was exciting. The sex was good. We created a best friend, you know, relationship. And then it just kind of went downhill from there. I started to really elevate and I started transitioning my business. Like, as you know, I was a fitness guru, like really intense. I've been in Instagram since 2010, just doing the damn thing. Just fitness, fitness, doing boot camps, training everyone. And that was all I did every day. And I transitioned. Um, now I'm getting into beauty and fashion. So the workload became heavier and towards the end of our relationship, I lost a lot of my team. So I had a lot of weight and a lot of pressure on my plate. And so he had to kind of help me out. And maybe that wasn't the right time, the point in his life that he was willing to sacrifice that for himself and his own time for me. So long story short, he I, I'm, I'm building a house and he didn't support the things that I did because he didn't have confidence. He was very insecure. He didn't feel worthy of the things that I was doing. And I really did. This is something I probably would have never done or have never done is take care of a man like I did with him. And we call it the Build a Boy workshop where every time I got in a relationship, I was always thinking I was going to create this man that I wanted. And it never turned out that way. It always changed. <laughs> I always got worse towards the end. So I realized we we were going in two different directions and we were ready for two different things. And he didn't. He wasn't deserving of my love because I was evolving and elevating at such a f fast pace, and I felt like he couldn't keep up. I think the things he wanted and realized he wanted was not what I wanted. And um, I'm. I want to work. I love to work. I really enjoy my life. It's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's. It's way too fun, and I'm surrounded by incredible people. So we just slowly started to separate we didn't grow we started to stop growing together when we'd travel we'd argue it was like this you know when you get to that point in a relationship it's a non-stop argument and every little thing so eventually I realized he didn't appreciate me he didn't see the value in me and what I was offering or had you know was bringing to the table for him and timing is everything it just didn't work out and we both agreed that that's this isn't this isn't going to serve either of us so I was scared, but I will. I wrote it till the wheels fell off, like I normally do, because I'm very committed and very loyal. But um, I gave up on that idea, and I was like, you know what, time is now. Time is of essence, and I'm going to be 30 soon. Like I don't have time to wait around. Now I need to make decisions that are going to serve me now and in my future. I mean, he was he was very moody. He was a cancer. Have you dated cancer? I'm not really into astrology, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, I'm very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was he was very emotional, but. Um, he was moody in the mornings, and then that morning I knew it. I felt it. I knew it was going to be over. And he packed up, and we finished it. And I, my focus and my journey was to focus on being okay with this breakup. Like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be fine. Why wouldn't I? So I continued to remind myself how much better I felt when he wasn't there, how much he was bringing to the table that didn't service me, and how, much, how many voids I felt like were not being filled. And I was trying to find ways or you know, disregard things or 
justify them. So it felt it felt really incredible to let go of that weight because you can hold yourself back from a lot of things and time is, is really important and it could be taken away in a heartbeat. I was actually just working on a piece because I, I work with Bumble and mm. there was a piece for Friday 29 that's about the place that we're at generationally where in our parents' generation, mm. it was stay, stay, stay. Above all else, stay in the relationship. Yep. And then we that's switched cool. to leave. Like, if it's not serving you, leave. Yeah, right, if they cheated, right. leave. If they did this, if you're not happy, That's leave. So true, yeah. And the balance is somewhere in the middle. I think a lot of people are struggling to find out when it is time to yeah. actually say this is no longer servicing me. Yeah. It sounds like it may have been a little earlier yeah. than when you got to that place. Yeah. But ultimately, you left when you realized if things don't change, things aren't likely to change, I yeah. can't go on this way. Yeah, I'm really grateful that he was mature enough to see that for himself too because a lot of the relationships I was in, I had to run and run away and they were just graveling and on the floor and wait, you know, trying to get me to come back and that made it harder. So I was very grateful that him and I were both able to come to that point where we could just talk about this and be done with it. Um, I told myself I would not communicate with him because I knew that that was going to be better for me and easier for me and I knew that there was no point in communicating. Um, any longer so it's it's a hard thing but I got lucky with that breakup because he was somewhat rational enough to not bury me in this and you know elongate this process so when you know you know but I, I really want I really think women need to listen to their intuition more and be strong and and I think you have to really imagine yourself outside of it and try to feel it and try to kind of prep yourself because we're so we're afraid we're going to die we're afraid we're going to just fall into pieces and crumble on the floor but it's like I used to daydream so much about guys and I stopped daydreaming about them it's like there's just certain things that we can create I believe and manifest if we truly believe it truly feel it it's really all in our head all the fear and all the the misconceptions with everything so it's interesting now because you are, you know, we talked about, I'm like, are you in that place now where you're consciously single mm -hmm. and deciding to date yourself mm -hmm. in order to figure out who you yes, are before yes. you partner? Or are you like, I'm interested in partnering to see what's out there. And you're like, I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And it sounds like in a lot of these things, like you're somewhere in the middle between daydreaming, manifesting, but also not obsessing. Yeah. It's crazy because the first, this is the first time in my life where people ask me certain questions and I don't know the answers to them because of the rebirth of myself. So like what kind of questions? Like, what do you like? Or what do you want to do? Like I'm almost 30 now. And now all of a sudden it's like, I have no answers, but I am also going through such a huge transition into a new world with beauty and fashion and, you know, more of lifestyle because fitness is fitness. It's only one thing, you know, so. And something this, you know very well. Yeah, and something I grew up on. So it was second nature. So this transition has honestly been a lot for me. But um, when it comes to dating right now, I'm single. I've gone on a couple dates. They've been so interesting. Um, I The misconception of men trying to manipulate and seduce and, you know, the expectation of, oh, I'm going to send you money tonight. Come on this flight. I'm going to fly you out. Um, the entitlement. I remember when I went on a date. Um, well, I guess it wasn't a date. We went out with friends. Is that friends. how flying out works? Oh, my God. This was the first time I had this kind they of They send thing. you the money and then you book your own flight? Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've 
I feel like I've heard multiple ways, but usually that's supposed to be how it goes. Because you could just keep the money then. Yeah. I that's mean, a little flex. I mean, these girls are definitely running I thought running that they game. were doing points. Like, oh. my assistant's going to set you up oh. underneath my, like, I'm points. sure there's some, I mean, there's probably, there's contracts, there's different, just depends on the guy, the stature, and all that, but... I really don't, I'm not interested in getting phone numbers. It's just more of this like floating and being and enjoying and allowing things to unfold. It feels, it just feels way more light. It feels way more rewarding because I'm not drowning myself in these other toxic souls and these toxic places because you can, you exchange that. And I'm just in such a clear space that I can't really be touched by any of that. I love the word light mm-hmm. um, because it can start to feel very heavy. I think the yeah. thing that happens when we get closer to 30 and we find ourselves having to be single again. Mm-hmm. I actually was talking to Cami about this where she just got out of her relationship, I believe at 29. And it can cause a crisis because you're like, I wanted to figure this part out by now as right, is. Right. And now I got to start all over again. Yeah. And that can bring a heaviness to it. Mm-hmm. And it can create an expectation where dating no longer becomes easy or exciting. Yeah. The thrill, the thrill is important. And the misconception of women having to know and have the man and the babies by 29, 30, 31. I've started to hear that a lot. Like being in this age group, I'm exposed more to this age group of women and we're all feeling like we're running out of time. And, but men have eternity. They have eternity. They can make babies, produce babies forever. We're over here like, should we freeze the eggs? Should Not necessarily we do this? healthy babies. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's a it's a whole thing. But I'm not in a rush. Um, I have not traveled as much as I've wanted my whole life. I I want to travel this year. I want to explore. I want to feel and and live in different worlds because I'm really enjoying the uh, me myself evolving and growing. It's like life changes when your mind changes, when your perspective changes. So. Because this is the first time in a long time I've been single and I get to be single at this time in my life with as much as I know, I'm very grateful and I'm thriving and I'm enjoying it. So it's going to be really hard for someone to come in and disrupt that. You said it was the death of your old self. Mm -hmm. How would you describe yourself then versus now? And I know you're still in the process of describing yourself now. Yeah. Um, I was more, I, I, I... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, I felt like I knew everything and I was so young like how could I know everything I felt like I was more clear on what I knew then and that closed so many doors for me as far as accessibility as far as vulnerability as far as just you know um, learning and growing so I feel like my patience has grown and I've just found a lot of like looseness and freedom and just flying and letting things be and not having an ex- expectation and do this and do that. And really just living for myself. Um, I invest a lot of time into men and that's because I maybe I didn't feel whole by myself. So that that discovery and that development as a woman, that's it's almost inevitable, especially if you put yourself in a position to learn and grow. And just the whole mentality, my confidence, you know, I got into the hair and the makeup and the lashes. Granted, I'm wearing all of that right now, but the release of the layers of myself and all the expectations and the things that people put on me and stresses have been almost washed completely away. And, you know, I wear my, I want, I, I, I wanted to wear my natural hair. He, my photographer, Sham, he always was, 
he was huge on just natural beauty and I didn't see it for myself. He had to beat it out of me. And eventually I accepted it. And I'm like, I felt even more beautiful without the wigs and this and that and trying to be this, this and that. So that transition, you know, changed me as a whole. And the people I surround myself with, being able to say no, I felt like it was hard for me to say no and really stand strong in who I was and who I wanted to be and what I wanted because I was the baby, the family. No one really wanted me to grow and learn and do things on my own. They wanted me to be under the arms of mom and dad. So I felt very stagnant and um, very naive. And so that, I'm, but I'm very eager to learn. So that really helped me develop and grow into this woman because I ask a lot of questions. I don't stop asking questions and I don't feel bad for it. And um, I've, I know the importance of the energy you keep around you and the things that you focus on and think about and say. And it's really not that hard. It's really all it is. <laughs> I think people would have certain conceptions around what your romantic life would look like because of what you look like. Expectation versus reality of being incredibly hot, incredibly <laughs> desired, having a perfect body, mm. and dating. Yeah. Part of the interruption, while Kima thinks about her answer to that question, I want to tell you about our third and final sponsor of this episode, Ritual. All right, this summer, guys, we want to feel hot. We want to look hot, but we definitely don't want to be filled with hot air. What would you say people think it is versus what it really is? Um... <sighs> He was so beautiful. I, oh, I started a dating app. I went. I signed up for my first dating app. And Which it, one did you Raya. Pick? Raya, Raya. Yes. And he was very strong and aggressive, like with his intentions. He made it very clear what he wanted, and um, he finally was able to take me out. And it was fun. It was. It, he was beautiful. He was exactly what it looked like in his pictures. He was very. He was very calm. Um, he was. You know, the dates he proposed, the aquarium, I've never had a guy ask me to go to the aquarium. I thought that was cute. I was like, oh, but he was younger than me. So, but he was very communicative and like the, the signs that I saw initially, I really loved and I didn't see that. A lot of guys I've dated and just in general you hear about are very bad communicators or don't put it much, enough effort into listening so that they can communicate better. So he was very attentive. You know, he didn't take hours to text back. You could tell he was interested. He was very courting. You know, he opened my doors. He did all that little stuff, but are so grand because the whole picture creates, you know, that feeling that I would have. He didn't try me. He didn't try to grab my ass. You know, he asked to meet my dad on the second day. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing at this point. <laughs> but he was very respectful and kind. Um, I don't know what happened. Honestly, it's so weird. I don't know what happened. Um, but I think... I think it was another sabotage situation. I think he might have maybe seen something. It could have went back to the OnlyFans thing. Um, maybe he'd seen that I had an OnlyFans. And he was like, had to find another excuse or to justify why he couldn't do it anymore. He seemed to me like he wanted one of those girls that was going to just stay at home and call and come when he calls. And, you know, hey, we're going, to we're going home back here um, this weekend. You're coming? Like, I don't have a life. Like, I can't have a life. So I think he realized that. I wasn't that girl, and but he also, I feel like, had an expectation of me. Um, he had said that the girl before me had been celibate with, with her for two years. I don't know if I felt that fully when I was with him, that he wasn't a sexual being. I mean, he, he was and he wasn't. 
he asked to come up and I said no, which maybe that was why. I mean, it could be so many things. But for someone to come on, come on so strong, I want to, you know, make this work. Let's do this. You don't know me. And then the reason why it didn't work out was reasons that he was claiming based on him knowing me. I, that has happened to me a lot. So that goes back to your question, like, what do people perceive you as from just looking from the outside and what it's like dating you? It's like there are a lot of men that have come into my life that have had this whole idea. And I'm like, you're ruining it. You don't even have to ruin it. Wait, it didn't even start yet. Can I, can I, can I, can we have food? Can we have dinner? Can we watch a movie? Can we laugh? Can we, you know, like, let's just do this. Let's just have some fun. So, you know, people, you know, said if OnlyFans came about, I started OnlyFans. That's a whole stigma. And, you know, Kima, you know, she does OnlyFans. She has millions of followers, you know, blah, blah, blah. There are these ideas, but what I... What do you do in OnlyFans? Um, su- what is it? Suggestive? What is it? Suggestive nude? Or implied. So I don't show, like, my clit. I'm not showing... I'm not naked. You just see, like... I could do, like, hand bras. Um, you can see, like, my beautiful ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you can kiss it from afar, but... Um, I just have fun on there. I'm like, these girls are on Instagram wearing lingerie, dancing over the camera and stuff. I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I brought that on to OnlyFans. And I just said, fuck everything and what everyone was saying. And two sec- I'm like, society is about sex every day, all day anyway. Is there a big relationship between what you put out and what gets called in for you? What do you mean? Like, when I put myself out there more conservatively, certain kinds of people were attracted to me. When mm. I put myself out there more sexually, only certain kinds of men. Um, I think there's no way there's no way to put uh, a certain type of woman like, oh, um, she's that she was sexy all these years and she did OnlyFans and that's why she was in shitty relationships and that's why she's got to start over. It's like we know girls that worked in, in conservative arenas or, you know, whatever. There was she was a pharmacist, whatever. She never showed anything. She wasn't selling sex. She was taking care of people's teeth ortho, ortho whatever. She still went through horrible, abusive relationships. She still had to get to a point in her life where she had to figure something out. And it really had nothing to do, per se, with her being sexy. We have to take responsibility for the choices we make. So whoever's being brought into our lives and the experiences that we're having, it's all based on what we're doing and how we're choosing to do it and who we're choosing to do it with. So I don't think, I mean, I, I attract all types of men. Um, there's res- very respectful men, but even in general, I mean, in a conservative world, there's not that many respectful men anyway. So... And yeah. even even at club, people like the way that they feel so free to touch you and grab you, like the way that I've been in a lot of situations with the freedom that men believe that they have and the entitlement, the ego, the pride. It's like you're they're everywhere. No matter what you're doing, wherever you go, there's gonna be some. But I am very focused on this time in my life to put myself in positions and put myself in crowds that there's less of that. I'm, I love having sex. I think sex is it's a great thing. I'm a huge, I love to connect. I love intimacy. I love being tactile. It's a huge love language for me. But that's not it. You know, like all the fun times and the moments and me being completely embarrassed in front of you a thousand times, like getting to know me on levels that no one else can and supporting me, not judging me, you know, real support, not the pretend kind. Just real love, someone that has an understanding or a compatible understanding of love that I have. That's really all it is. So I think that's just going to hopefully, you know, appear out of the sky. Hello. <laughs> I, well, I think I love what you said, too, about um, 
you don't know what your type is right now. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, who's your type or who you're dating? Oh my goodness. And that person doesn't have a look maybe mm-hmm. or a set of criteria that they used to have, but it definitely sounds like they have a feel to them. Yeah. I think I've dated pretty much everything and I've, I've had my share of dating women and the workout guys was like the main thing because that was my lifestyle. So I was an athlete. So I was around a lot of athletic men. And I used to love that. The muscles of this is sexy. It was like, ooh, yeah, chisel. And then I stepped out of it and I dated a few of them. And they're so ridiculous to me. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just started to see it for what it was. Like they they are so focused on themselves and going to the gym and, you know, I felt like a lot of the guys I dated that were really the gym every day, gym, gym, gym. I got to go to the gym and do steroids and all like angry, angry. And then, you know, those things that they're taking affects their love life at home. And then they're mad at you because you want to can't get hard. Yeah. Their thing doesn't work or they've don't have the energy or they're exhausted or they're moody and they're breaking, you know, taking it out on you. And now we're arguing every day. It's like you're bringing things into the household that is affecting us and is what you're getting out of it really worth this relationship? So I was like, well, which one is the priority? Were you ever a gym girl? Oh, yeah. I've been in the gym my whole life. But I mean, like, do you think that a part of you having this experience where you completely let go of an old version of yourself, mm-hmm. were you some of the tropes and stereotypes? Is that why it's even easy to laugh at them? Because you're like, I used to be able to relate and connect with you, but now I'm out of that. Um yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is you know, the physique was everything. You know, I was a coach. I mean, I still am a coach. Um, I, you know, I am a product of my brand. So I walk around and I can sell programs by the way that I take care of myself. So the value and the priority there is important. But I still knew how to love. I still, you know, if it came down to me not being able to execute something, you know, I'll try to figure it out. I'm a switch. So I could be very dominant, but I could also be very submissive. So I also need a man that's not so like masculine, man, man, man. Oh, I got to do this and has this, uh, you know, whatever, whatever society says makes a man masculine. They think yelling and being loud and being physical is masculine, but it's being able to bow down or not per se bow down, but to, you know, put your pride and ego to the side and service your woman or serve your woman or serve whoever it is that you want to service. Um... I am not a starfish, um, <laughs> but I can be very dominant. I can also be very submissive, and I love that switch. I feel very powerful in that, very confident in that, and I think it is very much a 50-50 in a lot of areas when it comes to relationships. So a man should be able to be a man and feel like that and get that stimulation, and as a woman should too. You're looking for people who get you closer to getting to know you. Right. Which I love that about going back to our first question of every date I go on is a double date. I'm dating myself and there's somebody else there who's bringing out different sides of me that I'm getting to know. Yeah. When I'm going on these dates or when I'm meeting these guys, I'm not putting on a face to try to get a different experience in this time of my life. Right. I'm going on these dates excited to explore what this chemo is going to bring to this date. And living in it and and embracing it and being like, you know, when I see him, you know, back in the day, I may have gotten butterflies and got nervous and did something. But this time I see him and I'm like, hmm, let me look at his shoes, (laughs) you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't care about something like that. (laughs) But just something like that, like I may have a completely different introduction to it. So um, that would be something that would be different. But when I get into these relationships and I have had those little dates, 
I am able to take a step back and look outside of myself when they're doing certain things I don't like or if it's perfect. If it's perfect, I really enjoy it and live it and I don't question it and I don't take myself from it, remove myself because I used to do that. So I live in the in the joy and, and absorb all of it because that's how we thrive and live and it it, you know, elevates us. And then the bad, I've become so good at walking away from things. It's honestly serviced me a lot and it's caused less pain and more healing and more time to heal. Being able to say no feels better. Now you had an idea, you know, when you were growing up about like timelines of when things would happen. Do you have those timelines for yourself now? When you think about the future, mm-hmm. what do you feel? What do you want to happen? I like the light. I like something light. I want something organic and I want real support. And I think what I imagine is someone who's kind and sees me for who I am and is experienced enough to understand the development of a human and the mistakes and the trials and tribulations that you go through. Um, And someone that, what's the word? I'm not, I don't date anymore to just date, so because I'm not so 100% clear on what I per se need in a man right now because I'm doing so much for myself and I'm trying to figure that out, that it's hard for me to have that expectation. But yeah, that question is, that's the question of the year. What do I want in my love life? You know, I don't want, you know, per se, a baby daddy or, you know, like I want like, I want a daddy. I want a husband. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely am more on the monogamous tip. But I'm having, I'm having so much fun. This is the best my body is. This is the youngest and hottest I've ever felt. This is I've, you know, I've, I've incorporated the vibrator during COVID because that skyrocketed. I was one of them, <laughs> and I explored my body. And sex has gotten better. And I've had some experiences of just learning myself that. The journey of learning myself is way more important than trying to learn someone else and build them and help build them and help curate my life to incorporate them. So my focus isn't that. And most women, like I said, are really focused on who am I going to marry? Are we going to have kids? And when am I going to do it? And right now I'm like, this is the first time I get to live. So I don't even have, I'm not even putting that much emphasis on on that. I was going to say why I love your answer. And I know that we want to give these concrete answers to questions right, right. like these. I'm like, so bad at concrete, simple. But <laughs> what's great about that is because mm-hmm. I could ask you the question, what do you want out of your intimate life? Yeah, You could say, ultimately, I want a long-term lover. I want to be married and I want to have three kids and I want to move to Iowa, right? You can have these like clear visions. Yeah, so it yeah, can yeah. feel like a very easy answer. Yeah. But somebody gifted me with this. It's not somebody. Hey, friend, hey. Um, said that people in life focus on a to-do list rather than a to-feel list. Mm. And when you've got these to-dos, I want to get married, I want to have kids, I want to be in a long-term monogamous Mm. relationship, and you never actually envision what it feels like to be in those things, you could find yourself checking those boxes and hating the experience. Yes. Well, you miss it because you focus on the end result. Yes. Yeah, you miss it. And when you're focused on everything that you said, the Mm. feels, I want to feel supportive. I want to feel like a switch. I want to feel cared for, but I also want to feel like somebody cares about me Mm -hmm. and accepts my dominance and also 
um, has a mission that I want to be underneath. Like all the things that you described, mm. that can look like a lot of different people and a lot mm. of different scenarios. Right. That could look like a family. That could look like living on a boat in Greece. Yeah. But the feeling, I think, is going to lead you to your happily ever after. Yeah. You just don't know what the details are yet. Yeah, I think it's important for a lot of people now, especially in this generation, to become reconnected with the feeling. How many times can you have you seen relationships just go in cycles and it becomes the most boring repetitive, draining, tiring thing that that is boring. That's boring. Not feeling is boring. So that should be the focus is to feel everything as, as much as you can so that you can get the answers that you need. That's the only thing that gives you an answer is how you feel. Thank you so much, Kima, for coming through and for sharing your truth. Follow Kima on Instagram at Kima Rousseau. You can also get workouts by Kima at that handle, workouts by Kima, to get in where you can fit in with this beautiful, buff, wonderful human being. All right, speaking of wonderful human beings, let's highlight my friends, my lovers and friends who do the good work, who do the damn thing. That means people who rate and review the podcast. Starting off with T.S. Fly Jones, who said, I love this podcast. I don't know how Shay manages to put together such a polished show and still remain so raw and down to earth. I love the way she does not rely on her own expertise and brings in other experts. That means a lot. I think in future episodes, I have a couple of expert only episodes coming up and I want to continue to do those as I have found myself reflecting on what kind of podcasts I like. I'd like really great conversations between really smart individuals and I consider myself to be very smart and I happen to know a lot of very smart experts in this space and so bringing them together for a longer discussion rather than just a third, third segment is something that I would like to introduce here and I hope that you continue to enjoy that. Kat Sloan said, I have been listening since the beginning, but I have not felt compelled to write a review until now. Yes, I finally got your ass. And Kat was really moved by the episode that we did about gratitude um, and said very candidly, I rarely feel grateful for my husband and it really does bother me. I love the idea of a gratitude journal that you shared. I also enjoy the idea of a gratitude journal too, because it's prevents you from taking for granted the fact that gratitude does not come easy and natural for a lot of people. And furthermore, even if you do have major issues in your relationship that need to be worked on, as long as you're still staying there, you're indicating that you want to do the work. And oftentimes we feel the need, we feel that the starting point to get better is to point out what's bad. Often, the starting point to improvement is highlighting what's good and making somebody feel understood, accepted, encouraged, and motivated to get better. So hopefully that is helpful for you. Ray said, Jared gave me better insight on how to appreciate my boyfriend's version of being grateful. You guys are great and I love your journey, Shannon. I've been following you since those girls are wild days and I know you're those girls are wild back in the day fan because you call my ass Shannon, um, which y'all, I hate that name. It's my name, so I find beauty in it, but... Shan's just cuter to me, if I'm being honest. But if I'm also being honest, call me what you want because you did something very loving. You took the time to go rate and view the podcast um, and you shared something special and personal. And that's what I'm looking for you all to do. Make it an opportunity to tell me about you and also tell me about how you would like to see the show shift. And something that I've actually been doing in the spirit of improving the show and shaping it in all of your image so that it's a reflection of what you need and what I think I would like to put out there in the world is I started a consultation board. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might've heard this, 
that I was essentially looking to bring in five different perspectives who already watched the show to pay them a small amount of money to pre-listen to episodes and to give feedback on what we should call episodes, what we should highlight, and what needs to be added to round conversations out. So I would like to introduce a brand new segment of the podcast and introduce one of our consulting board members. So I really love listening to Kima explain how she's learning more about herself by being more open, being present in her experiences instead of just using them as a means to an end and letting her own feelings lead her to new definitions of who she is and what works for her. An ego death, as she described it. Um, I feel like Kima is separating herself from her more socially defined identity by giving herself room to question things and using those answers that she finds to redefine what you know, life, you know, success, failure, love, boundaries, all those things means for her through her own eyes. You know, this way of leading with curiosity instead of blind acceptance may seem foreign and scary, but I feel like it gives you a more solid understanding of yourself, more confidence in your decisions and, you know, the steps that you take because now you're the one actually taking them. So we learn most of our identity through the people and society we grow up around and rarely are we really given the space and opportunity to experiment, you know, to create one of our own. And while the pre-made identity worked for me for a little while, it led to me feeling very lost, you know, like life was happening to me instead of me actually living it. So for me, it is always exciting to see someone else break away and be just as excited about this journey ahead into their own unknown, especially when women, even more so women of color, have almost always been forced to fit into an identity not of our own making. So to Kima, I wish you well on this new adventure and when things get rocky, because they always do. Just remember, whether you feel like a step you took was a mistake or an exciting new find, know that, you know, at least now, each one brings you one step closer to you. Um, So for the next three months, I'll be consulting on this podcast and you can also find me as well as some of my very talented friends through my link tree and that is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash alma j3. Lovers and friends, I'ma take you on a trip baby I don't pretend I say lovers and friends, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end, I said. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Boudram and Crizia Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes.